Um, have you noticed how um, so many relationships end in like absolute positive, like 100% destruction? Isn't it crazy how like when you look out at all the different relationships, it just seems like the majority of them, they really do end in such a terrible way. And you might ask why. You might ask why. Let, 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 me, um, let me just start here by saying this is our key verse for the whole, for the whole series. It's in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 8. It says, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. To know God is to know love. If you don't know God, then I would really, um, I would really like challenge you with this, that you may not know true love. Our whole series in a sentence this month, and actually I'm kind of thinking about, um, I'm kind of thinking about rolling over this series into next month as well, because there's so much in my heart that I want to share about this series. But our whole series in a sentence is this right here. It is... <clears throat> there it is. Series in a sentence. There it is. Oh, come on. Quentin, you are the man. Love you, Quentin. Our whole tech team. You guys are awesome. Our series in a sentence is this. You have a God-shaped puzzle piece in your heart. Allowing God to fill it is where true love starts. Let me give you a visual. Actually, I have an assistant, not really, I'm her assistant, if anything, up here. She'll, she'll kind of show you a visual of what this looks like. But first, like, who, what was your favorite toy when you were a kid? Hot Wheels. Oh, Hot Wheels. I once knocked out my brother's tooth with a Hot Wheels car. That's another story for another time. Uh, who had Tonka? Did anybody have Tonka trucks? Come on, somebody. What's that? Man, back in the Tonka was the business. Tonka was awesome. Um, did, did anybody... Uh, this is like going real old school. Did anybody have um, creepy crawlies? You guys know. You guys remember creepy crawlies? All right. I don't have. I don't have time to tell you this story, but I'm going to tell you anyways. When I was a kid, um, I asked my parents for my birthday. I asked for an Easy Bake Oven. That's. I'm a 21st century man. Okay. Okay. No, I was actually smart about this. We were like, we grew up really poor, and we didn't have like snacks around the house. So I was gonna like rig the system. I was gonna get Easy Bake Oven so I can make my own snacks around the house. You know. So my parents were like, No, Corey, uh, be a man. We're gonna get you creepy crawlies instead, because you like make. You know, you kind of put the creepy crawlies into this oven thing, and then like you made these little bugs, right? And so they came out, and they're like all gummy and stuff. And I thought that you made like creepy crawly like gummy bear type thing. And so I ate them. You're not supposed to eat creepy crawlies. So just word to the wise, if you go pick up creepy crawlies, don't eat them. They're not edible. I got very sick. Anyways, this was one of my favorite toys when I was a kid. And really the fault in our souls is how so many are going out and they're trying to fit different things into the God-shaped puzzle piece in their heart. And it just doesn't fit. And really it's kind of like she's got the star shape and trying to like cram it into places like it just doesn't, it doesn't fit. And what will happen is that um, ultimately this toy, the star and the other thing, it will end up breaking. It will end up getting like absolutely destroyed. But when you find really the God-shaped puzzle piece to fill the God-shaped hole in your heart, things just fall into place. Come on, somebody. You did that so well, babe. So many people are, are really searching... Um, to fill the God-shaped puzzle piece in their heart with relationships, with love, with romance. And really, that too will leave you in a place of destruction, in a place of yeah. feeling empty, alone. Because you will always end up feeling that void again. 
you'll always end up back to the place where you're feeling like something's missing because you are. That something is a relationship with Jesus. That's what this entire series is about. And so tonight, we're going to really give you some, uh, a lot of practicals. We're running out of room on this table over here, but we're chilling. We're going to give you a lot of practicals tonight. Um, tonight, we want to talk the, what's, what's getting in my way over here? I can't grab the iPad. There we go. All right. Um, this is not a representation of what our house looks like. At least not when someone's going to come over, but tonight we want to we give you some practical, some do's and don'ts when it comes to every season of life. So we want to talk about the do's and don'ts of being single. Where's all the single people at? All right, let's go. Hopefully you took a quick look around and you're like, okay, just find who's taking notes. If you take notes in church, statistics say you will be a good girlfriend or a good Boyfriend, it's if you true. don't take notes in church, statistics say you may end up a serial killer down the road. <laughs> Cite your facts, Corey. I'd rather not. Thank you. <laughs> so we're talking about the do's and the don'ts of being single. We're also going to talk the do's and don'ts of dating. If you're in a relationship, make some noise. Okay, a couple. All right. <laughs> not a strong contingency of dating people. And then lastly, we are also going to talk the do's and don'ts of marriage. If you're married, make some noise. Yes. Being married is the absolute best, 100%. Hey, tonight, know this. Um, if you are brand new here, typically, man, there's a lot of preaching. This is going to be some practical stuff. But if you hear stuff you like, let us know. You can say that's good. You can say let's go. You can say preach it, white boy, or preach it, white girl. So on the count of three, pick your favorite. Shout it out. One, two, three. Okay. I heard some girls in there too, preaching like that. Hey, would you pray with me? God, thank you so much for who you are. And God, thank you for your word. God, thank you that in your word, there's the answers to literally every one of life's questions. So God, tonight, we just pray, would you speak to us? God, would you just um, kind of unfold the truth that is in your word? And God, um, as you do, God, would you just, uh, would you show up in a real way, in a tangible way, God? Not a fabricated way, not a religious way, God. We don't want, we don't want religion. We don't want ritual. We want a relationship with you. So God, do what only you can do in this place, God. Um, I pray even just um, shift our thinking when it comes to being single, when it comes to dating, when it comes to marriage, God, and align our hearts with your heart. Align our hearts with your word. And God, align the NFL with your heart. And please, God, help the Raiders, Raiders. next year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, amen, my mic sister. is hot. Woo. <laughs> amen. We like the Raiders in this place. And it's okay if you don't, because we're not listening if you don't. Anyways. <laughs> All right, so who's ready to take some notes tonight? Okay. We're note takers here at Bridge Youth, so bring your journals, get ready. We got a lot of points tonight, but I promise they're all good and you want to write down all of them. So our first point tonight is, our first do tonight is do be patient, dot, dot, dot. When it comes to being single. When it comes to being single. So if you're like a categorizer, yeah. put being single. Being single is first our first do. section. First do of that is do be patient, dot, 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 better yet, be content. All right, so um, can I take it back 12 years ago to 12 years ago? 
Um, you guys thought I brought all my homework, but these are actually no. letters that Corey and I wrote to each other 12, 13 years ago. Letters to Julia. 2006, hey. 7, 2000, mainly 2007. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Letters yeah. are, um, oh, you, so they're kind of yeah. like text messages, but, but like on paper. On paper. <laughs> Basically. So, um, can I read? Wow, this is going to get real, really real. I'm going to read you guys some letters I've never really read to anybody else. I so don't even Bridge know Youth, what she's going to read for the record. Bridge Youth, you guys get to hear some of these letters that are from 12 and 13 Yikes. years ago. Yikes. So, you're, you're special. We love you guys so much. Okay. So, this is a letter that Corey wrote to me 12 years ago. It was 2007. And... He used to call me Ammer instead of Amber, so we're cute. I'm just going to get a little mushy. You guys just have to like, if you don't like mushy, it's okay. Just deal with it for a couple minutes. It says, Ammer White, I kind of think you're the cutest girl ever. And this is 13, 12 years ago. I love you. Your notes are so cute. They're so encouraging and cute. Dude, prayer this morning was super gnarly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am so excited. God is so cool. No joke. You're really cool, too, and cute. <laughs> You're the best. I love you. So that was, yeah, that was 12 years ago, guys. Yeah, I just embarrassed like, you a little bit. Where were we praying? Like, what was the, I don't, what, it must have been school. at youth. To be honest, it must have been at our youth group, okay? Like, I don't know oh. when he was praying, but it was maybe right. before youth group. Um, and then also. Oh, you got another one? Uh-oh. Uh, no. Nah. no, no, no. Okay. I have the birth certificate of Tubby Tubby, who was from 2013, 2007. He made me a Build-A-Bear. Named it Tubby Tubby. He put extra stuffing in it. No, I told him put as much stuffing as you could fit could, in one could teddy fit. bear. Yeah, so he's like this really firm. Fat. I still have he this bear. Fat. It's hilarious. And it says, uh, full name is Tubby Tubby. The height is 14 inches, weight is 8.5 ounces because they put a lot of stuffing in it. Um, fur color brown, eye color brown, and belongs to Amber McKay because that was my maiden name, McKay. Yeah, that's weird to Upgraded. say because, <laughs> yeah, I did upgrade, that's for sure. And so that's our Build-A-Bear for Valentine's Day right before we started dating. Very, very sweet. So, you know, a lot of cool stuff. Like, seriously, these letters, I was reading them a couple weeks back and I'm like, crying and kind of losing it and just really really cool to kind of look back on all of that but you know our first point do be patient all of this comes after you understand how much God loves you first so you think this is so cute and you guys are like oh but really it wasn't until I was like God you're enough God your love is enough for me you know and and it took some time to understand that so that's why you have to be patient with yourself you have to be patient because God has better plans. He has plans for people to, for someone to come into your life and, and he wants to do above and beyond. But really, this is just the cherry on top. This is the real deal. This is my Bible. It's kind of big. <laughs> it's the Bible I use at home for like devotions and stuff. But it's really pretty too. But I promise you the words in this book are really what true love is. God came to us. And he, there's so many promises that he has for us. There's so many truths that he has given us. There's so much healing. So, there's so much. And it is, this is amazing. Our relationship is the most amazing thing. But God's Amen, love sister. for you, God's love for you is so much greater. So all the cute, like, 
excuse me, all the cute awes and like, you know, mushy feelings. God will do that. But first he just wants to show you how much he loves you. Yeah. And so I just wanted to share a scripture in uh, Jeremiah 1.5. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I met Corey, God knew me. He formed me in the womb. And until you realize, and it takes a lifetime to really grasp and you know, even into eternity, how much God truly loves you. But until you're in a place of being content with how much God loves you, then he'll bring this cherry on top, the blessing that's even more, you know. And so all that God's done in our relationship has just been the more. And, um, you know, I just wanted to encourage you all to just shift your focus on the truth that you already have all that you need in the one that created you. And another scripture I want to share tonight is Philippians 4, 12, and 13. It's the message version. And it says this, I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as much, as with much, with much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full or hungry, hands full or hands empty. Whatever I have, whatever I am, I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am. His love is the best. And he, he does above and beyond, but his love, let, it, let that be, be content in his love. Be content in what God has done for you. Get to know him. So good. So, so, so good. Um, all right, so where's all the single people at? <laughs> Dope. Where's all the single people, single, ready to mingle? <laughs> Junior high, just put your hand. Junior and high, just high stay school, quiet. Um, all right, our, our, next, our next do for being single, do... Focus on God. Scope your options occasionally. Yeah. Do scope your options occasionally. Um, remember this. Remember this. When you're single, you're single, you're not alone. You're single, but you're not alone. Here's the best way that I can explain this as far as like focus on God and then scope your options occasionally. Do this. Find the lane that God's called you to run in. And you run in your lane and you chase after God and you chase him with everything in you. You love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything in you is pursuing God. And while you're chasing him, every once in a while, just do this. And then if you see someone in their lane and they're chasing after God, and maybe they look over and they see you and you're like, just keep running and keep chasing after God. A little while down the road, then turn and look again. And if they're still running and chasing God in their lane and you're still running and chasing God in your lane, might be an option. But what you're doing is you're focusing on God. See, you're not, you're, your lane isn't running after who you're going to date and then occasionally scoping out God. No, 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 no. You're focused on God and occasionally scoping your options. See, God has got to come first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Where's my paper Bible people at? Come on, let's go. I love paper bottles. Here's what it says. Matthew chapter 6 and verse, oh, I have, oh, wait, I'm in, oh, that's Corinthians. Corey, learn your Bible layout. Let's see. Um, all right, I'll read it from my iPad. It says this. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you what? He will give you everything you need. Everything you need. See, you seek 
God and you chase after him. Running in your lane, occasionally scoping your options. I remember when Amber, when she first um, came into youth group, we met at church. And um, so our whole youth group was like these three rows, <laughs> right? Like right here. Like we had legit 20, 20 kids at youth was like the most poppin' night. And we we're like, we're the biggest youth group ever. Like no one's ever seen this many teenagers under one roof for Jesus. Like that, like really 20 kids was popping. And so, so when a new person came in and when a new person like Amber came in, everybody noticed, like everybody. And I just remember when she came into youth group, I was like, who this? <laughs> the problem was like, literally every one of my friends were also like, who this? And like, everybody tried to holla at Amber, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is, guys. <laughs> But you see, um, it wasn't even that day that I went and talked to Amber and I tried to get her number. And I was, no, like, I was so in a season of, like, I'm just going to chase God. And then down the road, like, I saw her and how she was chasing after God. And I'll just tell you this. I'll just say it as flat out as I could possibly say it. Like, ladies, I'm 100% being for real. If the type of guy that you want will find nothing on the planet sexier than a woman who's just chasing after. And when I see Amber, who's like, uh, Corey, like, you're cool. You're just the cherry on top, though. Like, you're just an added addition. God, man, I'm just so focused on God. That is like, come on, somebody. Like, that is fine to the max. So on this journey of being single and focus on God, scope your options occasionally. All right, so the first don't for all of, um, well, not just for single people, but for us to, you know, encourage our single friends if we're in a relationship. The first don't is don't believe the lie. Our culture has lied to us. People have lied to us that you find your worth in a relationship. That is a lie. And I remember living so long believing the lie. I want a boyfriend. I want someone to hold my hand. I want someone to sit next to. I want someone to go on dates with. I want someone to be cute with. I, you know, it's such a lot. I was trying to hold your hand. That's oh, why they're yeah, laughing. I'm sorry. But I want someone to hold my And you're like talking I'm with so your hands. I'm so focused on like, uh, God's word and what you're he's You're preaching doing. it, girl. <laughs> you look good doing it, too. Um, no, but really, I believe the lie for so long, and that's why I want to encourage you. And I feel so strongly as I was praying, you know, before I was putting together my message, I'm like, God, you know, I was praying for you guys, like, God, what do you want to speak? And he reminded me that I believed the lie for so long that a relationship would fulfill me. That is a lie. If someone makes you feel like being in a relationship and is, is going to make you whole, you say no. That's a lie. You don't believe it. And, and um, maybe you speak that. No, nope, stop saying that. That's a lie. I think that's smart. because our culture. Like, bob their head like that when If you want to get sassy okay. with Just it. You tell them no. Optional. But. No, that's a lie. Um, you could get sassy with it. I mean, I'm not always sassy, but sometimes I can be a little sassy. What are you talking about? You are 100% sassy, sassy all the time. I, well, I feel like I'm Wait, not always. I want coffee. Um, I'm not feeling coffee. I want coffee. No. Yes, Maybe. ma'am. Maybe. No, but really, I want you guys to catch this. Don't believe the lie that a relationship will fulfill you. Only God, like the puzzle piece, will fulfill you wholly. Not in, you don't want to be filled partially. A relationship will only partially be, okay, like this is cool. But if you want great, if you want whole, you need God. And it's okay if you're single. You know, it's okay if you're single. You don't have to live your whole life like, when am I going to get into a relationship? When am I going to get married? Yes, it's awesome. But put that aside. 
You have enough in God. And stop believing the lie that a relationship will fulfill you because it will not. I just want you to hear the first part of this uh, psalm. It's 16, and it's verse 511, but I really just want you to hear this part, the, the beginning. It says, my choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up, and so I just want you to focus on that part. My choice is you, God, first and only, and now I find I'm your choice. God chose you first. You don't need anyone else to choose you. You just need God to choose you. Relationships are awesome, but God already chose you, so that's enough. So don't believe the lie. That's so good. Hey, uh, the next don't for being single is uh, don't give in to FOMO. Okay, so I'm not trying to, like, be relevant or use, like, a youthy term, um, but what I'm doing is, like, I'm really just going to address something that all of us are struggling with in, like, a social media world. We've all been there where it's, like, your friend is out on, like, the most romantic date of their entire life with, like, the starting quarterback at San Clemente Pier on the pier during sunset, and it's gorgeous, and, like, she takes a picture of this dude, like, on the beach, like, holding flowers for her with the sunset just christening the back of his head, and you're like, oh, my gosh, and all the while, you're scrolling through that, laying on your couch covered in Cheeto dust, binge-watching The Office on Netflix, and you're like... My life is so miserable, and I'm missing out on so much. Like, okay, don't believe the lie that you're just missing out. Don't give, and, and look, don't make fear-based decisions. God does not honor fear-based decisions. He honors faith-based decisions. So you need to make faith-based decisions. And can I just say this? Um, have fun being single. Have fun being single. Look, I met, I met Amber when I was 17 years old, and, and I haven't been single since. And I'll never be single again. Here's the thing is that singleness is a very, it's for, for most people, singleness is a pretty short season of life. For some, you, like, singleness has been a little bit too long of a season in my life. But like, for any, like, for most people, singleness is a very short season. Imagine, imagine if, like us, you met the one um, at 17. That means singleness was like a 17-year season of your life. But you're going to live the rest of your life not single. Now, guys in the room, let me just talk to the dudes. All the gentlemen say, hey. So, guys, um, have fun. There's some really cool things about being single as a dude. You could go hoop with your boys whenever you want. You could go skate whenever you want. You could play video games as long as you want. You could be friends with whoever you want, even girls. Now, maybe you're sitting in here, guys, and you're like, here's the thing, though, Corey. Even when I get into a relationship, I'm going to hoop whenever I want. I'm going to skate whenever I want. I'm going to play video games as long as I want, and I'm going to be friends with whoever I want, even girls. Let them know. No. <laughs> she said, I'm sassy. Yeah, 100% of the time. <laughs> Look, it's not true. Look, it's just not true. And it doesn't mean that a relationship means dominance over your life. But it means that if you are in, and I'm not talking about some, like, little immature junior high, early high school relationship. I'm talking about if you're going to be in a serious relationship, that takes a level of dedication and commitment. If you're not willing to give dedication and commitment to a relationship, then you're just too immature to be in a serious relationship. Wait. 
wait on it. And enjoy being single. Because, guys, if you're like, I'm going to hoop whenever I want, skate whenever I want, play however many video games I want, and be friends with everybody, even all them hot girls who are trying to get at me, it's not going to happen, okay? Like, that's not the reality of a relationship, okay? So enjoy the freedoms of being single now and have fun. Like, yo, 12, 13-year-olds, have fun being 12 and 13 because you're never going to be 12 and 13 again. And man, I look back on 12 and 13, they were some of the funnest times of my life. Have fun being single. Don't rush into the next season. Enjoy the season that you're in. Let me say it like this. Let me say it like this. Don't force open a door that God hasn't opened yet. Yeah. You know, and keyword, yet. Look, he'll open that door. Man, he will, and it's down the road, but be content and have fun right now. Don't give in. Don't give in to the lie that you're missing out on something that you'll never be a part of. And in my opinion, let me just add this for all you single people as we move on towards dating, and we're going to kind of speed it up here. Um, <laughs> in my opinion, God will not bring someone along for you to begin dating until you're content being by yourself. Until you're okay with this, have, have this perspective. If it's just me and Jesus for the rest of my life, I'll be okay. That's probably when God will bring someone to you. So moving on, we're getting into dating now. Where's the people who are dating? Come on, somebody. All right, Kale, put your hand down, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our second section is dating. And our first do is do choose wisely. Woo! Write that down. Please write it down twice. Choose write it wisely. down twice. Do choose wisely. Amen. I, I understand why people settle. There was a couple times where I was like, you know, I should settle. I, you know, and I walked out a handful of that. And it's such a regret of mine because God had something so much better. Corey. Holla. And <laughs> so don't settle. And, and I really do believe that besides you meeting and choosing God, the, the greatest decision you'll make after that is choosing who you'll do life with. So do it wisely. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says this. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, he's the one who will keep you on track. Let God's wisdom, his word, his people, and the Holy Spirit direct and guide you and bring some godly people alongside you to help you because you don't want to make a stupid decision. I know most of you in this room, myself included, we've all made dumb decisions in settling. Don't do it. Don't let it, you know, be something that, you know, affects you the rest of your life. Don't waste your time. Don't settle. Someone say amen. amen. You have some of my hot tea if you want, by the way. It's delicious. It's right here waiting for you. Sure Thank thing. You. You're like, you're going to let her drink off of your cup, Corey? Yeah, I will. <laughs> All right, the next, the next do for dating. This is so important, so important. Communicate boundaries early and clearly. Communicate boundaries early and clearly. Don't assume that because they're a Christian that they're going to have the same boundaries as you. They might not. They might not have the same standards and the same boundaries that you have. So, um... I'm going to do what probably no man should ever do when they're sitting on a platform with their wife. I'm going to talk about my ex-girlfriend. Forever. <laughs> oh, God. Forever. <laughs> so, not at all. So here's, so when I met Amber, um, when I met Amber, I was, actually, I was actually dating this girl. And um, 
And there were conversations that didn't happen early on about boundaries. And so this was a girl who was Christian. She grew up going to a Christian school. She had a Christian family, all of it. But pretty quickly into the relationship, she began to pursue me and pressure me to get physical with her in the relationship. At that point, I said, wait, pump the brakes. Nah, -uh, I'm waiting until I get married. But the thing is, is that she just kept on pushing the matter. Now, here's the thing. If it would have happened earlier in the relationship where I was like right away, look, that ain't never going to happen, girl. Like dream all you want, but that ain't never going to happen unless we get married. So quickly, a month, two months in the relationship, she started saying things like, well, we're going to get married anyways. I was like, hold up. <laughs> like, I don't even know your middle name. And <laughs> you're already talking about, what are you talking about, girl? Like, what? And, and the thing is, is I should have talked out boundaries and, and standards early in the relationship, early and clearly. Now, here's the next thing. For those of you who consider dating someone who's an unbeliever, who's not a Christian, know this. It is unfair for you, for you and me. It's unfair. It's unfair for believers to expect unbelievers to have the same boundaries and standards as us. Okay? So that's why you can't date an unbeliever. It just doesn't make sense. It, it, it doesn't add up. Okay, because here's the thing, is that, is that maybe they really, really like you, and you really, really like them. And when you have the conversation early on, maybe you do, and you say, hey, look, here's my boundaries. I'm waiting until marriage. They're going to tolerate it. They'll be like, okay, cool. Like, yes, fine. Andy. But here's the thing, is that as you get to know each other, temptation will come. Temptation will make its way into that relationship. Now, listen to me. Here's the thing. Toleration doesn't produce the motivation to resist temptation. Let me say it again. Toleration does not produce the motivation to resist temptation. Dedication will produce the motivation to resist temptation. See, when you're dedicated to Christ, when you have a dedicated relationship to God, that produces this sense of motivation to say no to the things that God says to say no to. Because you know they're what's best for you. Now, if you're just tolerating these, these rules, then you're only going to tolerate them for so long before you end up saying, hey, we're going to get married anyways. Hey, why are we following these dumb rules in this dumb book from this God that you say you believe? I don't believe in him and you want me to try to follow. That is what will happen. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, it says, don't team up or don't be yoked with those who are unbelievers. It doesn't make sense, okay? Like, it absolutely, positively is God's way to get into relationships with those, with those who are um, believers as well. So please know, like, hey, don't team up with those who are unbelievers because uh, toleration doesn't produce the motivation to stand strong dedication produces the motivation to stand strong and resist temptation. All right, so our first don't of dating is don't forget your commitment to the Lord. You know, when we get real comfortable in a relationship, we begin to compromise, and we forget the commitment that we made to God to wait till marriage to have sex and to have these boundaries that we've talked about early on in place. And maybe we talked about those things, but we kind of, like, brush them aside. Maybe even, like, six months in, we're like, well, I don't know. Because God designed us that as we, as we have time with people, we want to get closer and closer, and that, include, that includes intimacy. And so that's why we talk about when you date someone – Dating should be the road to marriage. So it should happen way later 
you know? It should happen way later because most of us don't think, well, I'm dating at 15 and I'm going to get married. Like, we don't think that. And so really think that through because as time happens and as you're together, you grow closer. And so you need to be aware of that. And um, it doesn't mean, you know, like with Corey and I in our relationship, we made commitments, we set boundaries, we said, God, you're going to be the center of this. And I believe that's why God has blessed us. We waited till marriage to have sex. And, you know, there's all, all these things that God, God blessed. And we didn't do it perfectly. There were times where we compromised, but we were like, no, 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 no. Never sit in the compromise. Recommit to the Lord. Because we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. So don't beat yourself up. Have a real moment with God and say, wow, I, I messed up there. We've had real moments in our relationship where we said we messed up, but we're going to recommit because we know where this started, and it's going to end that way. And we're not going to give up on our commitment to God. So I want to encourage you to never let go of that commitment and never stop recommitting to God. Don't just throw it away because there is blessing when we commit and recommit and stand firm. And so in Galatians 6, 9, it says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good and having those commitments. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of good crop. If we don't give up or quit, God will bless you abundantly if you don't give up and you don't quit on those commitments you've set from the beginning. Amen. Hey, so the next don't when it comes to dating is don't continue in a relationship that should end. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, look, don't continue in a relationship that should end. First of all, let me just address what should be the, the obvious, but sometimes it's not. If you are in an abusive relationship, get out. Get out. And I'm talking if it's, if it, oh man, if it's physically abusive, you need to get your parents involved. You have to get your parents involved. Get people around you involved to help protect you and get out of that. If someone's verbally abusive, let me just say, if they're physically or verbally abusive and they say they love you, they're lying to you. They don't love you. They don't know what love is. Okay? Know this. Your standard should be. If they're not treating you right now, right now, if they're not treating you better than you deserve, then they're not the one. They need to right now be treating you not, not, they don't need to treat you how you deserve. They need to treat you better than you deserve. But maybe, I know that's an extreme scenario. Maybe you're in a relationship that's not necessarily unhealthy, um, but it's just like, it, it, it's just a relationship that's not a God relationship. Maybe it's even a good relationship, but it's not a God relationship then end it gracefully, but yeah. end it quickly. You guys remember when, um, when you're a kid and you get like a scrape or whatever, and then like your mom or your dad puts the, uh, they put alcohol on it or they put uh, peroxide on it and you're like, just kill me, amputate the leg, I would prefer to lose it. Yeah. Uh, but then they put a Band-Aid on it, right? And you ever, you ever like have a big scrape, like I grew up skateboarding, I've been skateboarding since the third grade, I've had this happen a ton of times. But what happens, you ever get a Band-Aid on like a scrape or a scratch and then you go to sleep and then while you're asleep, uh, it scabs and you wake up, but the problem is is that it scabbed to the Band-Aid. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, ripping off the Band-Aid, also like the Band-Aid takes a piece of you with it, and you're like, ah! Like, you know? Look, that, that is exactly the picture I want to paint for you with the relationship that should end. Is that if you, the, the Band-Aid's on there long enough as long as it should, then it's just, whoop, and done. Okay, cool. That's not the one. 
done, we're good. If you leave it on there too long, what's going to happen is you will begin to literally, and this, this is what happens with your body. You'll literally grow to that Band-Aid. Your body will grow and fuse to that Band-Aid. And then when you rip it off, it hurts so much more, and it takes, takes a piece of you with it. And so if you're in a relationship that should end, end it. End it gracefully. Please, for the love of God, don't go to them and say, God told me to break up with you. Don't do that. There's no need for you to do that. Just, hey, look, you're so awesome. You're so great. You're such a great friend. But, like, I just think that together you and I, like, we're just better as friends. And gracefully, lovingly end that relationship. Don't continue a relationship that should end. All the leaders say amen. Amen. Yeah. First Corinthians, um, First Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 18, it says, run or flee, which this word run or flee, it means, it means literally to escape or to run for dear life. That's what it means. Run for dear life from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. If you're in a relationship right now where that relationship has gotten sexual, your job right now is to flee, is to run. Now, I'm not even saying, if you're both believers, I'm not even saying that God won't ever bring that relationship back together. Maybe. But right now, what you need to do is you need to obey God's word, not Corey's opinion, God's word, and you need to flee. You need to run for dear life from sexual sin. I want you to think about this. Think about this. The person you're dating now is someone's future spouse. Do you want that person to have to look in the eyes of their spouse and explain the things that you two did together? Do you want to be the one that gets between someone's future marriage? Now I want you to ask yourself, do I want to one day look in the eyes of my spouse and tell them that I fill in the blank? Think about those things. Don't, let me, let me end this part of dating. You know, we're going to move on to marriage now. Um, let me end this part of dating with this. If you're dating, don't ever live with someone that you're dating. You should only ever move in together if you're married. Let me add on to that. Don't ever share a bed with someone that you're not married with. Don't get under a blanket with someone that you're not married. And I'm not talking like metaphorically, don't get under, you know, what I'm, no, I'm saying literally like, don't get under blankets with people that you're not married to. Don't get into a bed with someone that you're not married to. The Bible says, keep the marriage bed pure. You have no business taking a nap together in her bed. Don't do it. When you're, I, and look, I get it. When you get into college and you guys are going to the same campus and all this, it's so, it would be, we would save money, we would save time, all of this if we just moved in together. Well, guess what? Doing the correct thing is not always convenient, but God will bless you for it. Don't move in with someone that you are not married to. All right. Where's all my married people at? Matt, you gave the horns. <laughs> so, and for, you know, students, we're speaking into your future marriage for things that, you know, way down the road, you know, when you're in the middle of all of this, here's just some tips that, you know, you'll look back on your notes from Bridge Youth and say, hey, I remember that 20 years ago. <laughs> um, or whatever it is, whatever the time is. But, um, so the first do is do pray first. And so I want to talk about, like, disagreements in marriage because that, you know, they say the two biggest things in marriage that bring complications is communication in general and finances. And so I want to talk about communication. When you have an issue, do pray first. And, you know, this scripture, um, 
the things that I've struggled with as far as like anxiety and stuff, I got this scripture a lot, but really this scripture um, is about relationships. It was about a disagreement. And so this scripture, Philippians 4, 6, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Who's heard that scripture about like, don't worry about anything, you know? And a lot of times we think it's about like stress or worry, but really it's specific to relationships. If you... Um, if you go back up a few verses in Philippians 4, 2 through 5, it says, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along uh, with Clement and the rest of my coworkers who, whose names are written in the book of life. And then it goes on and it goes to that verse where it says, don't worry about anything. So when you have a disagreement, and that can be in any relationship, but in a marriage relationship, you need to not worry. You need to pray first and you need to trust God. And a practical thing that I walk out in, in our marriage is if I have an issue, if I have a disagreement, write it down. I pray about it for a couple weeks. If it's still an issue a couple weeks later, I bring it up when I'm not mad about it, when I'm not frustrated, after I've given it to Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, um, and I'm not perfect in this. When she got a good night's sleep and a good cup good of coffee. Yeah, those two. Um, probably those two. But in that I, order. <laughs> I'm not perfect in it, but that is the goal, to write it down, pray, and if it's still an issue, bring it up. And so God doesn't want us to worry. When we worry in our marriage, then it brings fear. It brings all these other things we need to pray first. So do pray first in marriage. And I'll just say really quick really before life, I move but... on to my, my portion. When Amber started doing that, it really changed our marriage completely. It really, like, changed the whole dynamic of our marriage when it wasn't this, like, um, responsive, reactive sort of, uh, like, okay, I'm mad right now, so I got to talk about this. No, no, no. When she began to go and to journal and to write down the things that bothered her and pray about them and then say, you know what, if this is worth bringing up, uh, I, I'll come back to it in a couple days, that changed everything. So, like... Ladies, <clears throat> uh, the next do for marriage, um, they say don't compete with your spouse. You should never compete with your spouse. Um, yes, but compete with one thing. Do compete to outserve each other. That's what you should do in your marriage. A marriage is, I'm going to outserve you. And then they, they're trying to outserve, she's trying to outserve me, I'm trying to outserve. We're just trying, it's this like crazy competitive game of who can outserve the other. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. This is for all you guys out there, all you dudes. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He did what? He gave up his life for her. Gentlemen. Your job will be to serve your wife. And all the ladies said, amen. Amen. Imagine if every marriage was like this. If every marriage was just this constant competition of, I'm going to outserve you. No, I'm going to outserve you. And it's like, there's just every day, it's like, well, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes early to go get you coffee every morning because I know you're not a morning person. That's something that Amber does for me. And I'm, what if I was like, well, I'm going to wake up a half an hour earlier to go get you your coffee. That's not going to happen. I'm going to outserve you in a different area, babe. I promise you that. Um, I'm going to buy you essential oils and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, but what if every relationship looked like this? I, I really think that the divorce rate would absolutely yeah. positively drop. Yeah. And I think, that, um, I think that some marriages that you know about that have ended in divorce wouldn't have ended in divorce Absolutely. had the mentality been, I'm just going to outserve you. Yeah. 
No, I'm going to outserve you. No, you're not. Watch. Oh, no, bet I'm going to. No, you're not. Like, we'll see. Imagine how exciting that type of marriage should be. That is exactly the type of marriage God intends for you to have. Absolutely. All right. Our first don't for marriage is don't stop choosing your spouse. Don't stop choosing. Jimmy Evans, um, he wrote a book uh, called Marriage on the Rock and tons of other books in Marriage Today, the podcast we listen to. It's amazing. Um, and he said this, love is not a feeling, it's a decision. It's not something you experience, it's something you choose to do. It's not an emotion, it's an ability. It's not something that happens to you, it's something you nurture and orchestrate and develop. And so just as I chose Corey at 17, whoop, 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 whoop. at 30, I'm going to continue to choose you. I know, we're total dweebs. (laughs) Anybody, man, one day we just need to record like 10 minutes when we're home alone with just us and our puppies. And like, you guys will never think we're cute again. It's the most ridiculous thing. It's literally just like, oh, come here, Parky. Oh, Parky boy. Oh, Piggy. That's Theodore. We call Piggy. Piggy. We call him Piggy. It's like, and they're like, oh, you stupid. And then we're just like, (laughs) I'm just hiding behind corners, scaring the crap out of her 24-7. She hates it. That's pretty much our life. Yeah. So, you know, I just want to encourage you guys in your future marriages that you need to continue to choose your spouse, your husband, your wife. You need to continue to choose them because there's going to be some days where it's like, and we all know because divorce is in our culture. Divorce happens. And I think it's because people stop choosing their spouse, their husband, their wife. They stop choosing them. They stop being intentional. And um, the way I chose Corey at 17, I'm going to continue to choose him now at 30 and on to forever. I'm going to choose him till the day I hit the grave Come and in heaven. Woo. Amen. No, but sister. seriously, you need to continue to choose. And so I just want to encourage you with that. And um, our scripture last uh, month in January, I love that scripture, Ephesians 3.20. It says, God can do anything, you know, Far more than you could ever imagine, guests request in your wildest dreams. We know that scripture well because we went through it last uh, month. God can do that in your marriage. And God is calling you to have that kind of marriage as a Christian. Above and beyond. Amen, sister. Come on. (laughs) I like that. You can choose me at 70 like you did when we were 17. Yep. When I'm all wrinkly and gray hair. I'm going to still think you're real cute. What if I don't have hair? Oh, I'll love you still. Oh. I'll love you still. Girl. All right. From the inside out, I love you. Yeah. I'm saying actually, like somebody asked me, Nathan actually asked me before service, he said, Corey, what if one day you came home and Amber was bald? Like she lost all of her hair. I said, we're chilling. I would just buy her like a really dope weave. Like, there you go. You make it work. 100%. You make it work. Hey, the last, very last point um, for marriage. Hey, as the band comes up, um, could you guys play, um, can, you, can you play a Rocket Summer song? You guys don't know Rock Summer. You guys Aww. never heard of Rock Summer. We, we listen to Rock Summer. Can you play uh, Hey There, Delilah for us? Thank you. I'm just kidding. Uh, it's the worst song ever, guys. Come on. Delilah was the girl who took down Samson. Come on. I don't know. When it comes to marriage, please, please, please hear this. I don't, you can be 12 years old and single, or you could be like well into your 40s and married. It's for everyone in the room. Hear this tonight. When it comes to marriage, our last don't is don't give up. Ever. Don't give up. I wish I could tell you, you will never want to give up. Um, like that sounds like a really dope fairy tale, but like it's just not true. There will be days that you do want to give up. 
You know what the difference between those like people who have been married for 60 years and they're so cute and they finish all of each other's sentences and they like they like are sharing life together and they're like sitting on the the the, the porch in their rocking chairs holding hands. You know what the difference is? They just didn't give up. Yep. There would be times. Cut it out. <laughs> Come on, wait, wait, play it. Okay. All right. Hey there, Delilah. What's it like? Forget you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> we don't get the time, people. We would if we had the time, but we don't. Oh, come on. Um, don't give up. Now, let me just add this. I'm not only talking about giving up on your relationship and calling it quits and getting a divorce. Don't give up on any part of your relationship. This is for you guys. Write this down. Bro, dudes, my dude bros, dude bromance, man bro dudes. My boys, my guys, my dudes, I love you. You're my brothers. I'm about to help you. I'm going to help you right now. Don't ever give up on dating your wife. You need to date your wife for the rest of your life. There are times I will still ask Amber, will you go on a date with me? Like, you, see? And she still does that 10 years later. Like, well, how long have we been together? 10 years married? 13 years. 13 well, years together. 12. 12. I'm sorry. I met you okay. 13 years ago. That's true. Okay. But you you know, you you had me on layaway, so we knew that. It might as well be 13. <laughs> but but uh, uh, look, don't ever give up. We just went to the living desert. Have you guys ever been to the living desert? You could like feed giraffes and ride a camel, all that. Listen to me. Don't ever give up on your marriage. Love, it's not, it's not a feeling. It's a choice. And it's a choice that will cultivate feelings within you. And there might be a very short span in that marriage where you're not feeling all the butterflies and the distance. But I promise you, if you don't give up and you choose to love, all those feelings will come back. And they'll come back pretty quick if you don't give up. Let me also just say, um, when it comes to marriage, don't give up on meeting each other's needs. Chelsea Smith, uh, well, let me say this. Um, there's way too much water outside. There's way too much, not just because it's raining, I'm talking in the world. There's way too much water in the world to leave home thirsty. Chelsea Smith, uh, Pastor Judah Smith's wife, she actually said, there's too much water at church to leave home thirsty. Can I just say like, Amber and I have committed to like, we're never gonna leave home thirsty, all right? Like, because then there's, there is no like, thinking about choosing someone else. No, we're always choosing each other. We're never giving up on each other. No one else can compare. No one else ever comes close. Nobody in this room or any room I've ever been in. My, all, like my needs are met by God and then my, my relational needs are met by the one person God has, has put into my life to meet those needs and I will go looking nowhere else for them. But you give up, gentlemen, when you begin to go look for, the, look for those needs to be met somewhere else. Mm -mm. Don't ever give up. God's plan for your marriage is to bring unity. Let me say it like this. Satan's plan Satan wants to divide and conquer. God wants to unite and conquer. Man, there ain't much in this world that's more powerful than, than a married couple who, hold my hand, a married couple who say, 
together in unity ain't nothing going to separate us or divide us we're going to chase after the plan that god has for our life nothing there is so little in this world more powerful than that you don't never give up you don't ever turn back has this helped you guys tonight you've enjoyed this tonight hey maybe tonight um like let me just say we really do believe that you'll never come in last putting god first God has better plans for your life than you have for yourself. Maybe some of you, you have been surrounded, like Amber and I, you've been surrounded by nothing but destructive relationships and destructive marriages. Maybe your parents have already been divorced. Both of our parents were divorced. Amber's stepdad was divorcing her mom when we got engaged. Like we have, we have seen broken marriage after broken marriage after broken relationship all around us and maybe you've seen that and maybe tonight like if anything if, if if our relationship can do anything i pray that it can show you that if you put god first he will go above and beyond all you could ever ask imagine or dream of that's why our whole series in a sentence is you have a god-shaped puzzle piece in your heart and allowing god to fill it is where true love starts both true love and true love because if you get this right then this will follow. If you don't get this right, this ain't never gonna work. And maybe tonight you're hearing all this and, and you're like, man, I want that type of relationship with God. I wanna, get, I wanna focus on God because I've been focusing on everything else. This is your moment, this is your time. You're gonna have that opportunity right now. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes right now? If you're in this place and you would say, that is me, Corey, that's, that's me, I, I want, I want to get right with God. I want to give him my heart, my mind. I want to let him fill that God-shaped puzzle piece in my heart. And in that process, I know that he will pave the way for every other relationship to flourish. If that's you tonight and you would say, you know what, Corey, I want to give my life to God tonight. Maybe you've never given your life to God. Or maybe, maybe you did at one point and you kind of snatched your heart back and you've given it away to someone else or something else and you want to come back. You want to give your life to God again. This is your moment. This is your time. I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple way. In a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to shoot your hand in the air. Man, there's no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you tonight and you say, that is me, Corey. I want to give my life to God. I want to let him fill that God-shaped puzzle piece in my heart. Would you raise your hand when I get to three? One, two, three. All over this place, if that's you. Man, hands going up everywhere. Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Anybody else? Amazing. It's the best decision that you make with your life. I promise you that. I promise you that. This is where true love starts, right here, right now. Anybody else? Anybody else? You can put your hands down. The Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead and you'll be saved. It's so simple. This relationship, it starts with words that we say with our mouth, but we believe in our heart. That's how this starts. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you some words, but they're your words. Just wrap your heart around these words, mean them with everything in you, and you will be saved. This is where your relationship with God begins. Since we're a family, we're all going to pray together right out loud, whether you raised your hand or didn't, right out loud in support of those who did raise their hand. Let's all, let's all pray this right now. Would you say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart, 
I give you my life. I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now?